Welcome to this week's episode of Grow or Die. My name is Alora Chestikoff, and I am from Firebird Summit. My partner in this podcast is Lawrence Henderson from Boss LLC. Every week we meet and discuss coaching topics relative to professional development, personal development, business, and entrepreneurship. Join us and see if there's anything else you'd like to add to the conversation. Well, hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Grow or Die. I am Alora Chestikoff from Firebird Summit. Hey, hey, everyone. I'm Lawrence Henderson from Boss. All righty. Well, all right. Well, we are going back to the mystery box this week, and Lawrence has got a topic. So yes, hit me I with do. it. So I've been just nose diving deep into this topic of compassion. Mm. Yes. So tell me thing, more. The thing we all want, but are we willing to look at how we set boundaries around it? Oh, well, that's super complicated. I mean, boundaries, <laughs> boundaries are what, what keeps you from ending up resentful, right? I mean, that's one of my favorite things about Brene Brown's work was being really, really clear that the people who are, you know, the most capable of being generous and compassionate with people are, are the ones who are the best about maintaining their own yeah. boundaries because they don't, yeah. they don't, you know, agree to stuff that, that they don't really want to and then end up pissed off about it. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Okay. So compassion. So I think the, um, God, that's so hard. So, you know, there's, there's <laughs> nothing. You're right, right? We all want yeah. it. Yeah. And it's super hard to do for other people. It's, it, I think it's often hardest to do for ourselves. I mean, you know, trying, yeah. to be, trying to be empathetic and compassionate to yourself is sometimes the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Um, and so the boundary question gets, I think, I think the boundary question might be a little bit more applicable when it's with other people. Mm -hmm. um, I think the, the first thing that, I always remind myself about is, is, you know, how, how would I want someone to respond to me when I need something or when I'm trying to, you know, work through something or I'm struggling through something and, and I need, you know, empathy. Yeah. Um, and it's sometimes that doesn't work because sometimes, you know, like people who aren't in the habit of asking for that or expecting it or, you know, not necessarily very good at receiving it uh, sometimes mm -hmm. can't can't go that that direction for it so i think you know for me the the first place to start is like i said it's you know how would how what would i want if i'm you know if i know i'm kind of hurting or struggling you know what what would be helpful for me um then a reminder that i'm not everybody else and so just yeah. what what's helpful for me isn't necessarily gonna gonna work i can't use that on everyone mm -hmm. um but it i think it helps kind of take a moment yeah. and um and kind of process and not immediately react. I think most of the time when we demonstrate a lack of compassion or when what we demonstrate appears to be a lack of compassion, mm -hmm. I think frequently it's because we didn't sort of take a beat and we just, you know, acted on instinct. Like I said, right? Like, so, so because, you know, I'm not very like emotionally driven or, yeah. or demonstrative in a lot of times, like all, I might take a, oh, well, this is what I would want. So this is what I'll do approach, which is sure. 
So it doesn't how it work with people who yeah. are, you know, more like emotional. But, um, and so just taking that minute and stopping and saying, okay, yes, that is what I would want. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know this person is far more emotional or far more, you know, kind of raw than mm-hmm. I normally am. So maybe my like, you know, balls to the wall way of doing things is not like <laughs> the most charitable. So I think just taking that moment and, and acknowledging, um, what you know about the person, what you know about you, how, you know, kind of what the gap is, um, I think at least gives you a second to, um, to stop. Cause the truth is you don't always, you, you can't always tell what the right response is going to be. Yeah. Um, I think if you're unsure though, it's better to slow down and take a second and think about it. Um, cause otherwise, you know, I think if some, when somebody needs compassion, it's usually because they're hurting or they're in some kind of struggle. Right. Yeah. And, and the last thing you want to do is, and, 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 and your intent is never, Hey, just go suck it up, you know, go walk exactly. it off. What the hell's your yeah. problem? Right? Like that's, that's not what you're trying to do. And so, so I think if you're, if you're not sure what to say, or you're not sure how to help the person, you know, get back to, you know, a place where they're feeling, you know, supported, yeah. um, I think the most important thing is maybe don't assume your instincts are automatically right. Just take a second and think about it and, and, you know, maybe ask a question. I think that's the other thing too, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I always find it interesting that people, um, and it happens in business all the time, but I yep. see it, I see it in personal too, is that they just think they're supposed to know. They yeah. think they're supposed to know what to say. And sometimes the only thing you can say is, okay, how can I help? Like, tell me, tell me what would be helpful. Yeah. What would, what, you know, and it's so, um, it's not, I think what we normally think to do, but the truth is like, none of us are omniscient. Like mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. just ask the question. Yeah. And I think, I think what you're, what you're alluding to, and uh, I, I did it on purpose. I have to apologize. I'm sorry. Uh, I know your MO and, and I know the way you operate. And, but I also know you're super, you've done some great internal work around this area. And, and, and we all are, are works in progress, right? Um, and uh, we're, it's not perfect, it's progress. And when I talk about compassion, you hit on something. In this season that we're in, the people who are normally strong did they step back because they thought they weren't allowed to be shown compassion? And I, and I think about people like me and, and I'll tell them myself, there was a stretch of like two weeks where I should have phoned a friend because I needed somebody to show me passion. But every day I woke up and was like, I'm, I'm going to put on a brave face. I'm going to, I'm going to gut through this thing and put, gonna put some dirt on it. And I'm just going to ride this thing. And it made me feel worse. And I was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like, I'm even further deeper in this hole because I just like, I just need to release it to somebody. Like, I am not okay. Like, I am not. But but what I was doing to myself is I'm not allowed to be this way. And somebody's going to tell me I'm not allowed to be this way. And I'm going to be judged in a way that I'm not willing to be judged at this time. And so I'm not going to extend myself to even not only receive grace, even show myself grace, but also just set a boundary around don't go there, dude. Like this is what that does to you. And I think for me, 
that the critical component around telling myself no, like not allowing me to go there, I I was violating that for myself. I was like, nope, I'm a fully go here. I'm a I'm a turd, and guess what? I'm gonna sit in it, and it's gonna stink for several days, and it just all right to turn into a week. And I was just like, I got, oh my god, this is bad. But once I finally did release it to somebody, I was like, oh my god, is that what that feels like to release? It was like they said it's okay, and I was like, and it's it's crazy enough. That's all I needed. Yeah. Somebody just tell me it was okay. Well, and that's I think I think that's the that's the hardest part. It's it's one of those things that I think we think it's a bigger. Th- it, it's bigger in our heads than it yeah. really is once we actually yeah. start having the conversation, right? Yeah. You have to get over the hump to have the conversation. Exactly. And again, and well, you know, we're back to Brene Brown again, but um, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that she said that actually is super useful is like, sometimes just write yourself a permission slip. Like what is it that you are not granting yourself permission to do? Yeah. Just cut yourself some slack. And it doesn't have to be, you know, permanently. It could just be just for today. Mm-hmm. Today, I am going to grant myself permission yeah. to ask help and to just be okay with that and to just sit with it. Um, and I think it's also, you know, the other thing that you mentioned there was like, there was a lot of judgment in that, right? It was mm-hmm. your own judgment that you shouldn't need to ask for help. Um, and then also fear that somebody else was going to pass judgment mm-hmm. if you did. And like, that's a double-edged sword of judgment there that is yep. so hard to get out from under. And it's really hard to grant yourself permission or do anything else if your first instinct is to judge yourself and try to self-protect from someone else judging you. Yeah. So I got to, I'm curious um, because I think one of the things that I'm doing is I'm going to, I'm going to launch some, some group coaching cohorts, but I want to know what, what support for leaders and organizations look like, particularly around this area, because I think me and you, we, we do work in this area. Mm-hmm. What about the leader who does it? Right. And they now have to exercise this where they may not have made room for it before. Well, I would say that it's, it's probably pretty likely if they haven't, if they weren't already doing it, it requires space, right? It requires yeah. space. And if it's, you know, if it's not already part of your week, you're, you know, you were a leader, you were probably already working 50 plus mm-hmm. hours a week, in which case you don't have space on that plate to yeah. just add something else in. So you have to be prepared to kind of deconstruct how you're spending your time and your energy yeah. and then reevaluate and reprioritize and, and start incorporating, um, start incorporating some of, of, you know, all of this in as, mm. as you go, right? How do you, how do you lead through difficult times? How do you handle change? How do you, how do you have an accessible, um, you know, style that is, is going to really encourage your people to feel like they can come to you? How do you, how do you change your team dynamic? I mean, it's so, so funny to me to see like the rest of the world suddenly try to figure out working from home, right? And how do you build a team from home? How do you have a team dynamic? How do you get people to kind of, you know, establish a good rapport? Um, You know, it's a really hard thing to do, but I think a, it takes time. Yeah. Um, And even when you have a team and you can't change 
the way a group of people are interacting and not pay a price for that, right? So mm-hmm. you could have had a team that was really great and had a great rapport in the office and now everybody's stuck working from home indefinitely. And even no matter, and, and yes, some of that old historical relationship pattern will, will carry over and will help in that transition a lot. It'll be super useful, but it's also going to change. And there are so many things that are, um, again, you have to give yourself some grace around and you have to give your team that and you have to get them to give each other that, you know, there are so many things that um, you don't think about until you change a dynamic. You know, I mean, you, and, and you can see it in, in big cases when it comes to things like long distance relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Two people are involved and then all of a sudden, you know, one person has to move away for a job and, oh, no, no, we're not going to, you know, we're going to, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Well, you've just fundamentally changed the way you're interacting, the, the little things, the big things, you know, that you, you've completely changed that dynamic. So, so yes, you might be able to maintain the relationship, but you can't assume it doesn't change. And the same is true going the other way around. And, 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 and it happens in work settings too. So I think, you know, if, if you're talking about a leader, who is looking around and saying, okay, well, shit, <laughs> this isn't how I was you know, prepared to keep leading this team. And obviously this isn't going to change anytime soon. So now what? Let's get back to basics. And I think that's kind of, I think that might be the approach that makes the most sense is, okay, let's get back to basics. What is it you know, how, one of the things I do a lot of times with leaders when I'm starting to work with them and they're, they're trying to figure out how to change how they're leading their team is, mm-hmm. okay, let's look at your week. Like how, how, how are you, how have you been spending your week, you know, on, on average, right? And in, and the truth is you can look at somebody's calendar for, you know, like the last month and get a pretty mm-hmm. good sense of how they're spending their time sure. are they in meetings all the time. Are they talking to other department heads, but not their own staff? Are they, mm-hmm. you know, are they on the road all the time dealing with clients? Like what is it that they're doing and how is their time being parsed out? And then looking at it and saying, okay, so you were spending on an average week, let's say you were spending two days traveling, visiting clients that you weren't even in the office. You were spending another two days dealing with your peers and managing up. And then that only left you really one day for dealing with your staff. And, you know, at most you were giving individual people, maybe 30 minutes of your time when you were able to do it. Is that, you know, does that sound about right? And then it's a matter of, okay, now, now, okay, well, you're not traveling anymore or, you know, these other things change. So how do you go back to, right, what kind of leader do you want to be? What do you see is missing and really important in your team right now? What do you, what do you think your team needs from you? And have you asked them? Boom. Drop the mic on that one. But I was, I was thinking that as you were saying it, because this is now the time where when you ask and when you release people to naturally develop in certain areas, you may actually have a team, an Elora on your team who's just naturally receptive to how the team's doing. And now they've been waiting for somebody to ask them, like, how would you address these things? And I think a level of empowerment and encouragement um, is, I think, going to be a part of compassion. In, is how you empower, how you encourage your team to be more for you. And I think levels of accountability and ownership in these 
used to be soft skill areas yeah. is going to be key because again, we understand for the last 20, 30 years of business, the most technically capable person in most cases was promoted yeah. into higher levels of responsibility. And then left floundering. And left floundering. And now in this season, and I was talking to a, a, an executive today in the talent space, and he was really like, people are watching what organizations are doing as it pertains to having a talent strategy around development and engagement and not just engagement of are you happy here but engagement of where are you meeting me at because this was hard for me i was a single parent in a house with two kids that i'm video schooling while trying to get this my full and nobody ever checked on me right but now you want me to go to a leadership training well and not only that right but but people's jobs are going to change as part of this too right and so um, you know, I, I was talking to a friend last week and, you know, he works at a very large tech company that actually mm-hmm. all things considered is not really, I mean, you know, they're, they're hurt in the way that the general market is hurt, but they're not yeah. like acutely hurt. His job is generally safe, but the company is going through a massive overhaul of, okay, how do we, how do we streamline? And so this guy was a developer. Now he, you know, he runs, um, he runs an automated testing group. Um, and he was like, Wow. I have to become a project manager now. They, I have to get my scrum certification and then mm. next year I have to get my PMP. And it's like, these aren't things he ever wanted to do, but this is like a, a, an absolute requirement as the company looks around and says, okay, how do we maximize our assets? How do we you know, yeah. get, make the most of what we've got already? Because we don't know how long, I mean, there were another 2.4 million people that hit unemployment last week. We are up to almost... 30 million people in this country just since this started. And so like, this is truly, truly scary. And there's not any, any good, I mean, there is no sanity in planning around the idea that this is going to turn around in any short term time. So companies are trying to retrenching, but some of that retrenching is we got to redefine your job. And so again, this comes back to, I think where that back to basics question is, do you know, I mean this, and again, this is why I love Gallup's 12 um, elements of employee engagement. Number Mm. one is, do I know what is expected of me at work? Most employees don't know that. And most bosses think their employees do know that. So guess what? Number one problem right there. But especially in this time, Oh my yeah. God, if your role is changing or your company's contracting or your team has had half the people laid off or you're working from home when you've never done that before, that question of do I know what is expected of me at work has all new meaning in this. Like this yeah. whole time has completely changed that because the truth is 90 days ago, the answer to that question could have been yes, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean it is today. Yeah. That by itself completely changes. And so I think really going back to that and, you know, you know, that's, again, Gallup does, you know, breaks down those 12, those 12 steps and they are hierarchical. You have to start with, with the bottom and, you know, work your way up and you, you can't Mm -hmm. just get to the end of the chapter and, you know, and take care of it because they build on each other because it is very, you know, hierarchical from like a very Maslow's kind of, for sure kind of structure. And so, so you have to make sure that you're doing those things, but you also have to keep in mind that, you know, if you didn't have that relationship with your team to begin Mm -hmm. with, 
building it now is harder. I mean, it's like trying yeah. to net, it's like trying to, it's like finding yourself laid off and then realizing, oh shit, I got to network. No, dude, exactly. you've been networking before. Exactly. Trust building with your team is the same way. Waiting until now yeah. to, to actually build trust is going to be a hell of a lot harder. And so, but if you hadn't done it before, all right, well now you gotta, you, you got a lot of, you got it. You got to start working on it. But you, but you have to also remember the other thing, which is that mm -hmm. you can't just look at somebody and say, hey, I need you to trust me and tell me what's going on. That exactly. is not going to cut it. It's, it's the, like you said, back to basics of how do we build solid relationship, right? And then again, it goes back to, I, I don't, until I know how much you care, I don't, I'm disconnected, right? And, and I think the back to basics and the compassion around all of this is, are we going to be willing to build authentic connection in these basics? And like you said, you can't skip from the bottom to the top. You can't go from the beginning to the end and just think because of your position, people are automatically supposed to see you in this light. And no, you can't, you you can't, you can't command. You trust. haven't earned it, right? You can like you, to me, I'm watching what you did up to this point. And guess what, buddy? I'm not feeling you. Right. And, and if, and if we weren't in a pandemic, I'm just telling you now, I'll be looking for a job. Right. And that's, and that's the reality that a lot of organizations are literally going back to. I just talked to, talk to somebody today where their company is like full go everybody back in the office next week. Well, that's not, that's not a way to build trust either. And, and everybody's like, for what? <laughs> like, yeah. like we, our state's numbers are just now plateauing, like not going down. Yeah. <laughs> They're just now creep. And, and oh, by the way, I was just watching news yesterday and China's in their second wave of this. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and so you, and so that on people's mind. And so for me, like, I want to take that leader and I want to sit him down and I want to talk to him in a quiet, still voice. And I want to say, buddy, do you even turn your TV on? Do you even know the things that our people are processing that work for you? Like, like I just literally just want to talk to him really, really slow and really, really quiet. Because well, that's nicer than me. I want to hit him upside the head with something. Oh my God. <laughs> but, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, I want to see if they're actually processing real life and real reality. Because for you to go, we've been a hundred percent remote to a hundred percent everybody back in the office. Yeah. Well, you know what, and I think that's actually, I think that's actually where some of the next challenges from a leadership coaching perspective yeah. are about to come, right? Is, is that, you know, working from home, feeling isolated and miserable, and like you're under house arrest is one set of problems. And that's, yep. you know, everybody's got, you know, shelter at home fatigue right now. Like, I sure. mean, nobody doesn't like even the yep. most extreme introverts are like, Oh my God, get me out of exactly. my house. Exactly. You know? So of course that's, that's going to continue to be an issue, but I think they're really the big problem. And you know, it's, it's, and unfortunately, and this is so maddening to me that, that the, the way in which different states are going about or, or encouraging people to go about has become so political yeah. and it's turned into this, you know, red versus blue bullshit instead of just saying, okay, look, can we like, maybe let's just look at how Germany did this, right? It was just like very structured 
follow scientific, you know, advice that's Mm -hmm. there. It doesn't have to be, this didn't have to ever become a partisan issue, but unfortunately it's turned into a partisan football and this is going to make it even crazier because now you do have cases and you have court rulings coming down where, you know, governors and mayors are being told that they can't extend the stay at home orders anymore. And that people now not only are, um, is it time for people to go back to work, but people can lose their jobs if they don't go back to work. And that is the truly terrifying part of this because there are so many places where, you know, to your point, right. We have, it makes me crazy to try to explain this to Europeans a lot or people from not from the U S a lot, because they're like, we don't understand. Are you guys like 50 States or are you one country? And it's like, Nope, you know what? In most times and most cases we are 50 separate States. And this is probably the single most vivid example we have because New York and California and Florida and Georgia and Texas are completely different in how they handled this, how they approached it, the timing, the rollout, the politics, the strategy, everything about how they're handling things is completely different. Yeah. And they're all, and we're all on different curves. So now we're hitting a point where, okay, so, so, okay, so what happens if your boss tells you, okay, guess what? Back in the office next Monday, everybody's back in. Like that to me is an unbelievably difficult thing to even know where to process. Like, I don't know if I had a boss who said that and that was my choice and I'm looking at, you know, unemployed people all over the place. That's a really, really hard decision to make. And I don't know. I don't know how somebody makes that. And, and, you know, and I'm a single person who lives alone. Like, you know, like for me, if I got sick, yeah, that would suck, but I wouldn't have like as immediate, a a dire, you know, freak out about, oh my God, you know, my 80 year old mother lives, lives with me or, you know, my, my partner who's got, you know, you know, immunodeficiencies, like Mm -hmm. I don't have any of those considerations. And even then I don't know how to do that. I don't know what I would say if I had a boss who said, plan to be in the office on Monday. Everybody's coming back. Well, my brain just goes to conversation starts about setting boundaries around compassion. And, and again, as leaders, we don't have to fully understand what's how people are processing information. We just have to be compassionate enough to know that they're processing something. And you alluded to it early. Are we even asking them? Help me make this decision for you all. I know what I want to do, but I want to hear from you, right? And for me, for a leader to just say, boom, nope, back in the office, zero consideration. Oh, yeah. Zero, because to your point, even the the introvert of all introverts on the other end of the spectrum is like, all right, I'm over it. I just want to go sit in a restaurant by myself and just see people. Um, Nobody talked to me. Nobody touched me. Nobody did. I just want to see people, right, in a restaurant, right? I want a glass of wine, not in my house. I want, I, I want to do something, right? But I want somebody to mix me a damn cocktail. Oh my god, I want something go. that, that I cannot make out of my own bar, go, out of my right? own kitchen. I want it. Yes. And, totally. and and so it's and and again, if we're going to have this real conversation, like leaders, 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 please be compassionate and considerate of what what and how people are processing right ultimately it's going to be your decision right we we get that you're the boss we get it but please understand that you're dealing with human beings yeah 
and everybody's working through stuff. And, and again, when we're talking about trust, credibility, we're talking about compassion. Those are, those are people things. Just- oh, completely. And I think this is where, but this is also where I think, um, you know, working with smaller businesses where you're dealing with, with a team of people who know each other better is, yeah. is um, so advantageous in a case like this. Now, yeah. the flip side is, is that the smaller businesses have less runway to stay closed and some of them are struggling more and, and have a more yeah. urgent need to get back to business as, you know, as quickly as possible. But I think the thing that, that, you know, is, is harder and this is this is something that comes up a lot because you know a lot of times managers end up getting caught in the middle between above mm-hmm. and below. Yep. Um, and I think that from that perspective, you know, to your point, right? Okay, everybody goes back to work on Monday. Well, it I think that conversation looks different if you're talking about you know an entrepreneur who's got a team of six versus a big faceless corporate entity that's got 10,000 people. And now you're hearing from your boss and your team of, you know, 15 mm-hmm. people. And, and then what does that boss do? Like, you know, that boss could be like, this is messed up, man. Don't make me make them come back. Like, this is so like, don't, yep. don't put me in this position. And then the choice. And then, and then the directive comes down. Nope. Back in the office on Monday. Yep. And then as a leader, then what? Because you're just put in a no-win in that situation. Like that yep. is the ultimate no-win is great. I'm being told I have no choice. If I want to keep my job, which I can't afford not to, I have mm. to get everybody's butts back in the office. So now what do I do? Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy times. Crazy times. And we're gonna and we're gonna see a lot of this, I think, over the next over the next few months. Yeah, we are until, until we start seeing um super super clarity on whether or not we see additional waves, which seems unlikely that we couldn't or wouldn't if everybody's going to start, you know, giving up their social distancing habits. Yep. Um, but the truth is we're going to see, see how this unfolds and then mm-hmm. we're going to have to go back and forth. And, and like I said, I think it's really, really sad and unfortunate that this has become as, as just knee jerk political as it has. But yeah. unfortunately, um, that's how we're seeing responses, right? I mean, we're just seeing, mm-hmm. nope, time to go back to the office. Everybody just throw open the doors and get back to work. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm still, I'm still working from home, dude. So, yeah, I, I you know, but again, you're back, back to your original question is yeah. around, you know, compassion. And you're right. It's, it is not something that is, is really taught. You just kind of have to feel your yeah. way through it. But yeah, I think, I think when you do, when in doubt, just ask. Yeah. And, and make sure that you're doing everything you can to be um, as open and non-judgmental as you can. Because if, if somebody feels like you're going to judge what they say, then yep. getting them to, you're not going to get them to be honest. Yeah. So it's, I think those, those become, critical building blocks. And I think the last thing, and you know, we've talked about this before too, is that you can't assume you're going to get somebody to respond the first time you ask. Definitely. First time you ask, if, if this is truly the first time you've asked, then they're going to be suspicious about whether or not you actually give a shit. There you go. So you can't, you can't just, you know, assume that the first time out of the gate is going to get an honest response. You mm-hmm. have to be able to be willing to come back to it and to come back to it, to come back to it mm-hmm. in different ways and from different angles and at mm-hmm. different times. Um, and, and be willing to show that, you know, okay, look, I, I get that you feel like you've got it under control right now. And I am envious of that because 
I, there are days when that is not how I'm feeling for me at all. And so, you know what, I did have to, you know, go get some help last week. And I did need to go ask, you know, so-and-so to help me, help me with out with something. And you have to be willing to show some of that with people who are reluctant to, to try to kind of open up. Um, but again, you, you can't assume that the first time you ask, you're going to get an answer. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes total sense. So I have, that was a good one today. Yeah. All righty. Well, in that case, <laughs> I hope you are, I, yeah, you're, your guy who's got to get get back to the office, man. That's that's some bad news. I'm yeah, buddy. Yeah, and I'm my heart my heart really breaks for people who are in that position because that's a no win. Yep, no win, and that's that's unfortunate, and it's an unethical thing for anybody to force an employee into. And I think that's the thing that's really bothering me about watching how some of this is unfolding. Yep. Anyway, well, I guess we're going to have plenty more of this stuff coming up over the next few weeks. We have lots of fodder. Yes, we will. All righty, my friend. Well, have a wonderful week. You as well. I will talk to you later. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me and Lawrence in this week's episode of Grow or Die. Join us next week when we'll take on our next topic. In the meantime, have a fantastic week.